When I decided to start my own business, I thought I just had to learn some business strategy and off I'd go. (laughs) How wrong I was. (laughs) One of the earliest and biggest surprises for me in business was discovering that my business success and with it my financial success had little to do with my strategy or how much action I was taking and everything to do with what I was thinking and believing and importantly, who I was being. Now, to me, this is the best possible news. I mean, it's hardly news anymore because knowing that really what this game of business and money and enjoyment is all about is our willingness to do the inner work and grow as a person means there's always more. There's always a new edge to work at. There's always a new energy to step into. There's always a new depth of abundance and contentment and peace and impact to enjoy. So understanding the energy of money was nothing short of life-changing for me. And I don't say that lightly. Not just because I finally understood how money really works, like actually, and that's cool and all, but understanding that my experience of money is a reflection of my energy and therefore is a reflection of my relationship with myself. I mean, mind-blowing, <laughs> total game-changer right there. So in the process of understanding all of this and healing my relationship with money, spoiler alert, I healed my relationship with myself. And that entirely shifted my experience of life. So, We're going to be going deep on the topic of the energy of money this month, and I thought it best to start with my journey so far, partly because it illustrates just how much this shit works, but partly because there have been some surprising twists and turns that might surprise you too, but also might just really resonate. So let's start at the beginning. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast. I'm your host, Cory Javid, money mindset expert, success coach, mother, tea drinker, energy obsessed, manifester, afternoon bath lover, and thought leader in financial empowerment for mums. I know that we get to be successful because we are mothers, not in spite of it. And so around here, we do things differently. I've torn up the business rulebook and created a new paradigm for us. One in which we create results using energy instead of effort. I'm on a mission to help you ditch the old way of creating success. You know the one where you work hard, hustle and sacrifice, ew. (laughs) And instead teach you how to increase your impact and income without increasing your hours and how to manifest your dreams. So if you're a mother who's ready to learn how to elevate your energy to start making bank and start living your limitless life, this is your podcast, my love, and I'm your new biz bestie. Join me as we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, Limitless Mothers. It's me, Cory Javid from CoryJavid.com. How the devil are you? You're looking great today, if you don't mind me saying so. <laughs> so, I'm really excited because I'm bringing us a theme for the month. I love when we do a theme for a whole month. I feel like we haven't done it for a while, and I'm very much here for it. I'm very excited for it. I've recently just come off the back of a call with one of my Elevate Elite clients. So, 
In that container, they get one really powerful, activating, potent 30-minute laser focus coaching session with me once a month. And I just adore them. I adore the women and the sessions. So good, so juicy. And I always feel really fired up afterwards. (laughs) So that's why I'm all kinds of like, "Mm, I'm in that scrummy energy. (laughs) That's how I'm feeling. How are you feeling? How's your day so far? Before we get into the topic for the month and indeed today's show, I'll give you a quick update in case you don't follow me on Instagram and didn't see my stories, or you could follow me and the algorithm maybe hid them from you, who knows, but um, we just, as I'm recording this, we just got back from a rather tense <laughs> week in Ireland farm shopping, and the whole week wasn't tense, that's me over-exaggerating. We went over there to view three properties, to consider three properties. Two of them were in a slightly different area than we've been considering, but not a million miles away. One of them we went to see and it was a lot more derelict than we'd been looking for. We are up for and game a project and we will take on something that would scare the bejesus out of many people. However, this it was barely going to be three walls, essentially. The, the four walls were there and just about standing, but they, were, they weren't going to be for long. <laughs> and the whole, the whole second floor inside had collapsed, so you couldn't even actually open the front door and get in. That kind of a place. Yeah, I know, right? We're game. We're game for a project. The land was beautiful, really lovely views. And so we did consider it, but ultimately it was a no. The other one was a bit of a complicated one because it was a repossession and it had people in it, so we couldn't go and see it absolutely stunning stunning views and stunning lead up to the property but mm, I'm not sure we want to take on the kind of like legalities of displacing somebody and also the location was more remote than we were looking for and then we went to see what we will refer to here as the special one which felt very special when we found it we were like wait what (laughs) what And it was very different, a very different offering than what we've been actually looking for. So we've been looking for a pretty traditional farmhouse type of look with some land, minimum sort of 12 acres. Typically, we're looking at the sort of 17, 20 acres. This one came with 49 acres, 30 of which were woodland, which I find very exciting as a bit of a tree hugger. And it had all the equestrian set up already, which would be perfect for our daughter. And the house itself was very spectacular, let's just say. Um, But it was an online auction. So long story short, we were in the auction. We had to, you know, jump various hoops and pay a really quite hefty deposit up front to even be able to bid in the auction. And when it came down to it, it came down to the wire and it was us and one other bidder. And ultimately, they outbid us. So we were in this kind of bidding battle all in extra time. (laughs) Sounds like a football match or something. Um, How it works is if somebody bids in the last, I think, five minutes of the auction, then there's a one minute extra extended time added on. And we put in our first bid and the only bid so far in the auction, like nothing happened for two and a half hours of this um, online auction being open. We put our bid in last minute and then we were outbid and then we put another bid and then we were outbid and then we put another bid and then we were outbid and then we were like, okay, now we're at the very top end because it was a bit of a punt for us anyway, this one. 
the top end of the money that we wanted to spend because we're looking to go into this mortgage free ultimately. So we could have found more money for it and made it happen, but we chose not to. And we went slightly over what we even had <laughs> available to us. I feel like you have to just do that sometimes with these situations and they outbid us again. And I was like, okay, we're going to have to draw a line here because they clearly are, you know, just going to, we could just keep doing this all evening. And so we did not win the property. So I'm not going to lie. It was very disappointing in that, particularly in that moment. But I just was filled quite quickly afterwards with this sense of, weirdly, of peace. Not that I didn't want the property and realized or something like that. Just this peace, this knowing that it either wasn't for us or wasn't for us now and that the, it's just going to sound so kind of like passe, like the right things out there and, you know, but it just had this knowing, this absolute full body knowing, despite being, you know, frankly gutted. So... Yeah, so I feel kind of weird. I've come away weirdly excited. So even though it was tense and we're, we're disappointed, I'm in that kind of dual energy of, of disappointed and weirdly excited because I'm like, oh, wow, well, okay, the universe is coming up with something really interesting here. Or it saved us from something. I always think that that's the other thing we need to consider when something that we think that we desire doesn't pan out in the way that we thought it might. We don't know what might have gone on there. Anyway, I'm going to be doing a whole episode on manifestation as it pertains to property and houses because it's one of my favorite topics and it's something I've helped a lot of clients to do and to achieve. So that's going to be coming up later later this year, um, later in the spring. But that's an update of what's been going on here. I hope you were interested in that. If not, I hope you've skipped ahead to this point. <laughs> so we are going to be digging into the energy of money all month. So March is the energy of money month. I've declared it and so it shall be because I feel like it's been a minute since we've really dug in deep on the topic of money from an energetic perspective on this show. And I have some angles and some subtopics within it that we haven't really explored or explored in this way before. And I'm really excited to bring it to you. And understanding and knowing the energy of money has been a game changer for me. I know that phrase gets thrown about and hey, I'm even one of the people that throws it about, but absolutely accurate. Game changer. Changed my life, which is no small thing to say and to claim. And I absolutely stand behind that. So it is a topic that I'm passionate about. So I'm really excited to bring this to you for the month of March. How is it March already? I mean, it's not as I'm recording this, but still, where is this year going? Also, uh, I never know what the microphone does and doesn't pick up. If you hear any clanging, banging or whirring in the background, we're having our boiler replaced at the moment. How sexy is that? <laughs> so that's, that's what that noise is. On the, the topic of money and the energy of money, so we're going to get into like why I'm sharing my journey with you today because I think there's so much in it for all of us and it's such a good illustration of the impact of understanding and then wielding and leveraging the energy of money. But while we are on the topic, in case you needed some evidence that this shit works <laughs> so that you can go and really lean into it with abandon, you've probably heard me celebrating a couple of client wins on the podcast recently, but I just did a quick recce because I've had final figures in for, I know we're in well, I'm February as we're, as I'm recording this and it'll be March as this comes out. So this will feel old to you, but we'll still celebrate for January in just one of my mastermind container so in elevate elite we had one two women 
were um, celebrating 35k months, one celebrating a 33k month and one celebrating a 27.5k month. First of all, there are so many other wins so worthy of celebrating. Money is not the be all and end all. We're going to talk about that (laughs) today, right? However, because we're talking about the energy of money and because I'd just done that roundup of results and wins had just kind of finished trickling in from clients and celebrations, I wanted to just bring that to you and you would have heard me already celebrate a couple of those. But I think when you look at them together, these are like four women, all of them have, you know, taken considerable time off in January. Um, Many of them were celebrating that it was their slowest month in terms of how they approach their work and the amount of time that they had off. All bar one are mothers. And I think that, you know, it's just so incredible to have such a wealth, wealth, of evidence that, you know, we as women can go out there and, you know, embrace abundance. I was going to say make shit happen, but it's like, (laughs) yes, to an extent, but not in an effortful or hustling way. And I just feel like the more we share these wins with one another, the more we raise each other up, the more we expand what's possible for all of us by sharing and celebrating. And just seeing these results stack up side by side just gives it extra energetic clout and extra expansiveness and extra activation, at least to me. And I'm hoping that in sharing that you receive it in that same way, that this is absolutely possible for you. And and two of those women have been with me since either the very beginning of their business or early on. And so I've seen that complete progression for them, you know, from like earning either nothing or next to nothing to earning those kinds of figures. And it's astounding. And I'm so proud of them. And it's becoming the norm. And that's what I'm loving. Like, let's make this the norm. Let's make earning really great money, being very highly paid, using our feminine energy, using our energy instead of effort. Let's make this the norm. And the thing that I just know for sure is that when we get more hands, more hands, more money in the hands of women, women do really cool shit with it, right? Really cool and create just the most phenomenal ripple effect, starting at home, often with their families, but also rippling out from there, their clients, the impact they make, their communities, and so on and so forth. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. So, as we're talking about the energy of money, there's a little energetic boost off the back of some of my client wins. Ah, love these women. Okay, so let's get into my journey so far. Why am I sharing this? I don't know. Whenever I share anything that's like me or what I've done or how I've done this or that, I always have to give myself a little pep talk. And, you know, I'm just sharing this for transparency's sake because I'm like, is this interesting? And I know there are lessons in this. I know the point of why I'm sharing this, which I'll get to in just a second. But I do have to give myself like, a, oh, does anyone want to hear this <laughs> about me and what I did? And I know that you do just because you tell me so. And when I do these sorts of episodes, they have the highest listen rates. And also I know that this is the sort of thing that interests me in other people's content. So I know all of that at a level. And then there's also that part of me that's like, "Mm," you know, so I just wanted to share that just to be real. My reason for sharing this with you is twofold. One is I really want to illustrate the impact that working with the energy of money can have on your entire life because that has been how big of a change it has made for me. And so if that is inspiring or motivating to you, then yay, that's kind of my intention here. The other reason that I have for sharing this is that there have been a couple of twists and turns lately that I might not have expected if I 
you know, created this podcast episode, I don't know, two years ago and imagined doing an update, I probably wouldn't have anticipated how I feel about money right now. And so I think that that can be kind of interesting just to to note how we go through these different phases, I think, on the journey um, with the energy of money. So get a cup of tea or coffee or glass of wine, depending on how you're feeling and whatever mood takes you, preferably not wine if you're maybe driving or something, Um, (laughs) and settle in and let's talk about this. And maybe you'll identify with one of these sort of phases of my journey that I'll describe. Maybe it will just be interesting or hopefully inspiring, but I'm just going to trust that there's going to be juicy golden nuggets, juicy golden nuggets, that was a kind of weird mixed analogy, you know what I mean, in this for you. And I wanted to start with this episode for the Energy of Money Month, just to kind of give that context of, you know, why I'm so passionately talking about this, and also just to lend the credibility of my story to when I'm teaching on this topic, it's because I've lived this, it's because I've embodied this. This isn't just something I kind of understand at an academic level. This is something that I have embodied. This is something that I am. <laughs> so so I think that's another reason why this is kind of useful because, you know, there, there will sometimes be part of our brain that tries to go, mm, is that going to work though? Or will it work for me? And so I'm hoping that in sharing my story that you can quiet that part of your mind that is just the fear-based mind talking and say, yes, actually, if it worked for her, then it gets to work for me too. So that's why we're here. Okay, so I'm not going to get into my childhood too much, but my experience of money then, I wouldn't have known anything about the energy of money, of course, but it was quite a mixed bag, I would say. For a lot of my life, my mum was a single parent and she did very well. She was very well paid for a woman of that era and in the industry that she worked in, but it was one income, right? So that came with a kind of a mixed energy experience of I was quite aware particularly when I was at primary school I was quite aware that we had a little bit more than average but I did go to a school where there were a lot of really quite poor people so and I was aware of that too so I I kind of just had this knowing that we had a bit more coming in and we I don't know ate well that was always important to mum and we we traveled we went to you know she was obsessed with art and t- taking me to various places around Europe to you know like I don't know Paris and the Louvre and things like that being newly arrived in Europe from Canada and being somebody who like would only ever previously dream of seeing all these things and she was like you know <laughs> just going around and soaking it all up and, and bringing me along for the ride and it was amazing so that was quite a, a sort of unique experience then I went to secondary school and found what a complete shift where I'd been aware that we had a little bit more than the average person in my previous school. Now I was in a grammar school. So um, for anybody who's not in the UK, you have to pass an entrance exam to get in to this type of school. And we won't get into how horrendous my school experience was because it was terrible. <laughs> but but the, it was a really interesting kind of complete 180 with my experience of money. All of a sudden I went from being the one who had a little bit more, I, not in a way that I ever kind of felt like, I don't know, we, we didn't have significantly more. We lived in the same sort of area and stuff like that. So it wasn't like it was, it was a, a big deal or just, it was just something I was vaguely aware of. But then I was very aware of the fact that compared to a lot of these very middle-class people, the majority of whom had been to private schools and things, lived in very large houses and had two very fancy cars and 
you know, all of those kind of trappings of a bit more money and went on multiple holidays a year. And so at first I was like, oh, this is different. We had at the time when I started that school, I remember this absolute banger of a yellow car that still haunts me because it was so embarrassing. (laughs) The suspension squeaked as if the fact that it was yellow wasn't bad enough. So everyone could see me. Everyone's getting dropped off in their Mercedes and their BMWs. And there we are in this squeaky, yellow, rusty um, Rover Metro for anybody who remembers those. So anyway, oh, oh poor me. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but it's just a kind of like funny experience and, and formative, I guess, in some ways. And then my mum got remarried and suddenly we had a dual income household and that completely changed everything. And so then my experience with money shifted again. Throughout most of my childhood, just to summarize quickly, I would just say that my experience of the energy of money was very dualistic. I felt at times like I felt privileged and I knew that we had more than the average family or person and I was grateful for it. I was actually taught to appreciate and understand and acknowledge, you know, when I was a little bit spoiled. <laughs> like, I mean, in terms of like when I were, you know, was given the things that I had desired or whatever. And especially being an only child, it's a bit easier in that way, I guess. I just appreciated it. And I also appreciated that and knew that the money that my mom was making and the, the kind of career position that she held was unique, particularly for women at the time. So I had all of that. And at the same time, there was a significant amount of fear around money. I guess being a single mom, it can feel that way for sure, right? So I had this kind of dual experience of money. And so I'm just sharing that not to make anything from my childhood right or wrong, but just to give you a bit of a flavor. And the reason why I'm sharing this is to kind of encourage you to reflect on what was your experience of money like growing up, because it is a very formative time. And I've done my work and my healing and everything around my childhood and teenagehood and young adulthood and then into motherhood, because everybody thinks that everything happens in childhood, but actually the experiences that we have throughout there, like our first experiences of of having our own money in a significant way. These are all things that start to build up a picture of money and really consolidate our belief system. So by the time we get here, wherever here is for you right now, if you haven't had a look at what's been going on and what created the situation and the feelings and the beliefs that you have right now, then I would strongly urge you to do that. (laughs) Because it was only when I fully understood, you know, how I had arrived at certain beliefs about money and started actually looking at, well, what do I believe about money? What have I been shown and taught? And what have I been experienced? And then what has that created in terms of a legacy for me? And how is that impacting how I'm experiencing money right now? It wasn't until I did that, that I completely started to change my energy around money and then my experience of money. So I'm just sharing that with you in case it you know, there's nothing really significant that I want to pull out from my childhood, more to say it was a a mixed experience and there was good bits and there was bits that, you know, were less favorable to a really abundant mindset. Of course, I don't know anyone, I've never come across anyone who's been raised with a really rock solid abundance mindset, yet we get to be the women who raise that generation. Just saying, which is one thing that really fucking excites me. (laughs) Anyway, I got all all uppity there. But It has to start there. So that's why I've started with childhood because if we're going to understand the energy of money, we have to understand that we have inherited 
other people's energy about money. It could be parents, other caregivers, other people, other adults or other people of significance in our lives who we've witnessed behaving around money a certain way, talking around money a certain way, or things and incidences that we've witnessed have happened because of money, quote unquote. And just other social programming and conditioning through TV programs that we watch. Like there's so much of it, but we have to start there. If we don't start there, then you're kind of toting around. I always talk about it like a, a rucksack full of rocks and you didn't put most of them in there. Um, you just acquired it and you don't understand why it's so <laughs> tiring walking along this path to abundance. It's because of the rucksack. Take the rucksack off. Look at what's in there. Um, decide there might be some that you keep that are great, that are going to really serve you, but that there'll be a lot of crud in there. Try Trust me, that's not serving you and it's time to let go of it. So that's where my money story kind of begins. Then for various reasons throughout my early adulthood and into my, well, into my 30s, I was just very much in an experience of scarcity and lack. That's all I could see, all I knew, all I experienced. Very much a victim mentality and I felt like it wasn't fair. If I, if I had a slogan of the time, it would have been, it's not fair. <laughs> and I genuinely felt it. I felt like a real sense of injustice somehow. Like, why was it so unfair? Why was it so hard for me? Why was it so easy for other people? It's not a cute look, but I will share it. And I've shared it before on the podcast because that was my truth. That was my reality. But I had no idea that money had an energy. I had no idea that money mindset was a thing. I had never even knew that money beliefs were a thing, let alone questioned my own. And so I was just there with my very heavy, very full rucksack wondering when someone was going to remove it from me because that was my my energy back then. And so because I believed that money, that there was never enough money, then that was absolute, absolutely my experience. Now, looking back, I can see that I created an experience of lack and scarcity around money when in fact we lived in, you know, relative privilege. We bought our first home together, a flat. We kept that and saved enough to buy a house without selling the first property. So that's pretty privilege. We both had... quote-unquote well-paying jobs now I would kind of like laugh at that (laughs) Um, if someone were to offer me that salary now but you know relatively speaking we had a holiday every year I had new clothes we had a car we often didn't have two but you know I could have had a completely different experience of the same amount of money is what I'm trying to say but because I was so focused on lack I never experienced anything differently. I felt like every time money came in, it went out. I felt like we were always living in debt and scrabbling to try and get ourselves out and just slipping back into it. I felt like um, there were things that I wanted and couldn't have. I felt like there were experiences that I wanted and couldn't have. I felt like I had to compromise on my values because of money. So for example, Organic food has long been an important thing to me and I felt like we couldn't afford it and that really pissed me off (laughs) but not enough for me to do anything about it because I felt like I had no power. So the biggest theme there in the it's not fair is that I didn't understand the power that I had as it pertains to money and so that was my experience one of lacking power and lacking in money that was how I felt that I was living and so that was that was my truth. Then 
And I'm not going to get into too much of the details here for the sake of brevity, and I've shared this a lot on the podcast before, but for whatever reason, I stumbled into the world of manifestation and mindset and money, and I was like, oh, (laughs) I couldn't quite believe it. And it all happened around the same time. So I was made redundant from my job or I found out I was being made redundant from my job. So losing the job that I'd had for 10 years in an investment bank uh, rocked my world. At the same time, I had a hysterectomy operation. And so I had six weeks convalescing sitting around on the sofa. And it was around that time that I really started to dig into a lot of the literature um, around these topics and started to open up my mind and started to raise my wealth consciousness, started to see that there was a different way and a different experience that I could have with money. And even before I actually left the investment bank and started earning more money, my experience with money changed. I remember buying a cashmere jumper for the first time. And that felt like a big deal to me because I really was into natural fibers and fabrics. And it felt like a luxury that had been out of reach for me. And I really wanted like a piece of cashmere that, you know, was a staple in my wardrobe that I looked after and kept for years. I still have that cashmere jumper. And things like that just started to shift and change. I think I even started going to the fancy gym around that time. Yes, I did. These things that had previously fell out of reach for me started to change even though, this is the important point, even though I wasn't earning any extra money. (laughs) So that's the point at which everything started to shift. I opened my eyes to the reality of money and how I'd been treating it, how I'd been behaving towards it. My energy towards money had been reflected back to me via my experience of money. And I started to realize this. And as I realized it, I changed how I was thinking about money. I expanded to hold more possibility. Previously, I'd held no possibility around money. It just is what it is. Unless I win the lottery or somebody else saves me, it's going to be like this forever. How depressing. That's how I felt. And so I expanded what was possible. Maybe it's possible for me to earn more. Maybe it's possible for us to have a different experience here. And as I expanded my thinking around money and elevated my thinking and elevated my vibration. So what I mean by that is when you have more positive, upbeat, and more abundant thoughts around money and life and anything that you want to apply this to, right? It's not just money that this applies to. Then you vibrate at a different frequency and therefore you attract to yourself via the law of attraction a different experience. So quite quickly, things shifted and changed around that time. I was then made redundant and left and started my business and I spent about six months unemployed. (laughs) Now, During those six months unemployed, it was in some ways a miserable experience, in some ways a really elevating experience. It was slightly miserable because we'd already committed to massive structural renovations on our property. So we were like wedged in this one tiny front room, which was functioning as a playroom for our daughter at the time and a kitchen and a dining room and my office. And it was very small. (laughs) and it was not pretty and it had like a breeze block wall on one side it didn't even have um, full plaster work and I was trying to start my business from a crummy old slow laptop with a plastic folding chair from Ikea that literally bruised my spine so 
<laughs> you know, it wasn't like glamorous at all. But I didn't care because I was so freaking excited because I had been just digging in to everything on the law of attraction and manifestation. And I had suddenly had a feeling, and this is the energy that I tapped into, a feeling and a sense of my own power, finally. Finally, I'd taken back my power. Finally, I had this sense of agency that, wait a minute, maybe I can do something here. Wait a minute, maybe I can change the game for us. And it was so exhilarating. So despite my spine being bruised by that sodding uh, chair, I felt just like it was such an exciting time at the same time. And I just felt like I held out. I was so tempted to do things because I was earning no money for six months. I was so tempted to do things like cancel the gym membership for the fancy gym. And I was like, no, this is important to me. This is important to my energy. I'm making a vote of confidence for abundance. And I started making these votes for abundance and basically voting for myself really. And this is this is why I get so passionate talking about money and money mindset and the energy of money is because when we decide to heal our relationship with money, which is what was going on for me at that time, I wouldn't have necessarily had the phraseology to describe it that way then, but that was what was happening. We actually are really addressing our relationship with ourselves because I was starting to trust myself, trust myself to create abundance. I was taking back my power and wielding my own sense of power and agency and and it was very uplifting. And so that's one of the reasons why I love this because I just love seeing other women go through that same transition of, you know, increasing your own sense of worthiness and separating it from money. It's just so much goodness that comes out of it. And it just has such a far-reaching impact on, on our lives and how we feel. And often even things like health that just kind of like really cool byproduct of doing this sort of work. So I voted for myself. I, I kept the gym membership and I just really started to shape my morning mindset routine, for example. And I started to invest in myself time, both with, you know, looking after my body and moving it, but also um, investing in the knowledge and the inputs and the energy that I was putting into myself, you know, filling and fueling myself. I was absolutely voracious and just devouring anything to get my hands on around the manifestation stuff, law of attraction, money mindset, all of it. And I also felt like I went and did the most ultimate vote of confidence when towards the end of the small amount of money that we had, which was running out <laughs> quickly, I decided to invest in my coach who is still my coach to this day. But that was the first time I'd ever really significantly invested in myself. And it was a really transformational experience and it completely elevated my energy because I did it from a place of abundance. I wasn't investing in her from an energy of, you need to fix me, you need to get me the results, you know. I wasn't handing my power over to her in that moment. And I invested absolutely from a place of abundance and from a place of trust in myself. And I think that's why it was such a moment of things just really shifting for me. So, that kind of just locked in place the energy that had been accumulating so far. All of this feeling of possibility suddenly shifted into a decision. And so I talk about these different energies sometimes of like the energy of, of belief and there's a scale of energy of belief. So, you know, you might've heard me talk about it if you've listened to the show for a while. 
You have complete disbelief. So that's like the lowest form of energy. Like it's never going to happen for me. And that's like the lowest frequency. Up from there, you've got, I guess it could, it probably won't, (laughs) kind of doubt. Up from there, you've got hope. It's interesting because people think that hope is a high vibration and hope has its place, but it really isn't very, very high on the energetic scale. Hope is kind of like, I hope it could happen. Then you have a much higher frequencies of this belief and faith and trust, which are important and absolutely we need these things. But even higher frequency than those, I believe, is the energy and the frequency of the feelings of just knowing and just deciding, deciding that I'm making it happen, the end. Not I hope I will, I trust that I will, I just will. (laughs) It's just that definitive kind of full stop, you know, I just will. And I think that's the first time I started to experience that. I had no evidence to suggest I could start a business, that I could be successful at it, no evidence to suggest that me investing in this coach was going to pan out, but I trusted myself and I just decided this is going to work. And that was a really, um, like I said, a pivotal time. So because of that energy shift, I really attribute my fast trajectory and fast money growth that happened soon after that. I really attribute it not to the business, not to the strategy that I used, of course, but to that shift that I'd made. I locked in that knowing and that decision. And that's one, a place of ultimate power really, isn't it? So then I started making money really very quickly. So I made no money for the first three months of my business, but then in the third month of my business, I'd replaced my corporate salary all at once. (laughs) And seven months in, I'd doubled that. I had my first 10K month, and let me think, 11 months into business. I crossed the six-figure mark, so I'd made 100,000 pounds in revenue. And that was actually in cash received in a 12-month period at about the 18-month mark. So really very fast, very steep upward trajectory there. And I was just riding the wave and on a roll and just freaking loving every minute of it. I just felt like my magic so fully. And sometimes I kind of sort of have a feeling of nostalgia for that time of like, oh, it just all felt so new and everything was just so possible. And I still feel like everything is so possible, but just there was that newness to that feeling that of course, after a while, you know, dissipates a little bit and it just felt so magical. I was like, oh my freaking God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. (laughs) Like, look at me, I'm doing it. And it was just so cool. Now, I would also describe that phase a little bit like the newly quit smoker phase. You know, you know that person who has quit smoking recently and then becomes like evangelical or quit drinking or whatever is the thing become evangelical about it and then starts trying to get everybody in their vicinity to I don't give up drinks stop smoking start exercising whatever is the thing I felt like that was me for a while and I just started to notice because I was so high on the fact that oh my god like my entire life has changed in like the space of well 18 well I would say actually in the space of like a year I went from being unemployed to earning consistent five-figure months so 10k plus per month that is one phenomenal change from somebody who earned in uh, like a whole year what I was earning in like a quarter suddenly (laughs) you know it was a massive 
shift, a massive change of life. Everything just opened up suddenly. So because of that, I was like, oh my God, everyone needs to get in on this. Why, why are other people not doing this? And I suddenly felt like I desperately wanted all of my friends to work on their money mindset and to change their reality. And of course, that's not really like how it works. And I have a lot of conversations with clients about, you know, how do I get my other half to do money mindset work? And I've talked about that separately on the show and I won't get into that now. But, you know, we have to let other people have their own journey and their own experience. Not everybody's ready for it now. Some people never will be. I know, it's sad. All we can do is do our work and shine that light. And if somebody's interested, then they can they can ask us. Now, fortunately, I, I work with women who want to do this work. So I get to have that outlet. <laughs> um, but I did go through that phase and I probably annoyed a couple of people around me. And I actually lost a friend at that time. I don't think it was just because of that. I think it was, you know, sometimes when we up level energetically, people either calibrate to it or just create space for it or find it too triggering, too difficult and fall away. And unfortunately, there was a casualty in the friendship zone at that time, which is a pity. But ultimately, I think that, I mean, I'm not going to speak for her and, and say why I think that she felt it was difficult, but I can just imagine from the outside if, you know, you have been you know, running a similar path as somebody and then suddenly they take off and go on a completely seemingly different direction. It can feel like it makes you question what you're doing. And if you don't feel that you have that same sense of power and possibility, then you can be like, well, I'm just stuck on this path. Guess I'll see ya. So that, you know, I just want to be honest that that can happen during some of these shifts. And so then my energy stayed there for a really long time, just this kind of like feeling of absolutely exhilarating limitlessness. <laughs> and then I started to shift a little bit more into kind of more easeful abundance. So rather than this kind of like high fizzy energy of like, oh my God, oh my God, kind of feeling, it just went into a more of like a really comfortable, solid, like, yes, this just gets to be easy. I love abundance. Money loves me. <laughs> you know, a really great time. And during that, I've, I remember feeling like really quite compelled though by money. The, the more easeful I found money making, the more I played with energy instead of effort the more I wanted to kind of push what were perceived as the limits around it. And, you know, you've heard me talk about that before. This show is called The Limitless Mother Podcast for a reason. And I set my sights on scaling my revenue less from a perspective of wanting that money for myself and more of a, I really want to just prove. Now, we've talked about that word on the show before. So, you know, I've come to view that word slightly differently since. But at that time, I wanted to just kind of prove what's possible for us as mothers and business owners, that working just, you know, 16 to 20 hours a week, I could be making multiple seven figures, eight figures, whatever, like you name it, sky's the limit. And that felt really compelling for a really long period of time. And somewhere along the way, and this is the thing that may, might be interesting, somewhere along the way, that became less compelling. <laughs> it was really interesting and it took me a long time, and I want to be, you know, open about these things. It took me a long time to recognize that my motivations around money had changed and shifted. And I've talked about already how my view of success changed and what success really feels and looks like to me now, just earlier this year in one of the podcast episodes. But similarly, around the same time, my kind of view and relationship with money shifted a little bit. I kind of pulled back a bit and I hadn't realized that I'd pulled back. And I think it's because I just didn't have that 
that why that felt so compelling before of like, I really just want to do it for us, for us as a community to be like, look how freaking cool this is. There's literally no limit. We can just keep making more and more and more and we don't have to work harder. Like it's so incredible. But what I think kind of happened is I I remember listening to, there's two things that I listened to that came back to me when I was reflecting on this. One is I listened to a podcast episode between, I think it was Brooke Castillo and Jess Lively and they were talking about the energy of money and I think Brooke at that point was on to make 25 million. I found it like so inspiring. And it's really funny because what I took from the episode at the time is different from what I take from it in retrospect, (laughs) just because of how I've progressed and changed. But I remember Brooke saying, well, after 300,000 a year, what do you really actually want more money for anyway? She said, you've got to have a different motivation if you want to be making money beyond that. And so obviously she had found that motivation and that I found really inspiring at the time because it aligned with my motivation at the time, of like just showing that so much more is possible. But I remember her saying like, what are you going to do worth more than 300,000? Like, are you interested even in a private jet? Do you care? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so it's funny because, so there was that, and I'll kind of like loop these two things together in just a second. And there was also, I think it was Lacey Phillips on her podcast. She was talking about she what she wanted for everyone was to get to the point where making money didn't feel like a thing that you needed to solve anymore. It didn't feel like this big mysterious thing that you just understood it and you felt like you can always manifest more money and so you never wanted for or felt the lack of money ever again. She goes, and I want everyone to get to that point because until you get to that point, everything is about the money or it feels that way often. And it's only after that point that you can suddenly really examine what is genuinely important to me. And I remember thinking, because I heard this really quite a long time ago, I remember thinking like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But I want to make more money (laughs) because it's fun to make more money. And I couldn't comprehend getting to a point where it wasn't about the money anymore because the money felt exciting and not for money for money's sake, but just proving, and again, there's that troublesome word, proving that there are no limits around it felt very exhilarating and exciting. So Long story short, I now understand what Brooke was talking about and I now understand what Lacey Phillips was talking about and I feel like this has been an interesting turn on the path of my money journey that I hadn't anticipated. I had anticipated continually striving for and aiming at more and more and more because of the exhilarating blast of a time that I was having creating more and more and more. And something shifted, something changed. I th- I guess I just passed that point. And it took me a while to recognize that that's what was kind of off because I felt like I f- should be more motivated on a way that I wasn't feeling motivated anymore. But ultimately, I got to a point where I felt like, well, I just know that I can create the abundance that I require for whatever it is that I desire. So that idea of pushing out the next figure, like, you know, whichever money monetary level that is at that point just it lost all of its shine not that it wasn't still incredible but it just it didn't feel compelling (laughs) anymore it was like yeah cool but why (laughs) you know and so I think it kind of really clicked into place for me though when we had the conversation about moving to Ireland and moving to our farm and I realized that everything that I was desiring was kind of coming together. And I had one of those moments of like, well, if I'm going to manifest more and more and more money, 
that's great, but ultimately I have the money for the things that I want for that next level dream life. So it's not that I was kind of pulling back and saying I don't want more money. So this is kind of a nuanced conversation here and maybe a little bit difficult to describe, but I'm, I'm trying to go with it. So stick with me. So it's not about saying like, oh, I don't want any more money or I want to cap myself. So don't misunderstand me, but it's just the motivation to create more for more's sake had left. And I just recognized that. And I just recognized, oh, actually what I desire is an overflow of abundance and I desire the, oops, <laughs> the thing that I, my microphone filter fell off as it does in every episode. The thing that I desire money for now is different. What I desired it for previously was the feeling and the exhilaration of the creation of the money. That was the thing that I was high on, <laughs> right? And it was changing my life, but there's a point at which, you know, it doesn't change your life in quite such a impactful way as those two podcast episodes were kind of alluding to. And it's made me re-examine what am I creating more and more abundance for here? Well, I'm creating, I just simply am creating the abundance required for the life that I want to live. And that was a bit of a shift and a bit more of a clarity actually in, in my motivations. And it's more about the life that I'm living, the time that I have. Really for me, a lot of it is about creating time that's the most precious, most valuable resource. And I know that's always been a value of mine because I've always had this non-negotiable around how many hours I work, but I feel like I just feel that even more fully. You know, we just get this one turn around the earth. We don't know how long it will be. Our children aren't young forever. Like there's so many reasons why I just feel this desire to really expand my feeling of time and to leverage money for lifestyle and for time even more fully than I had previously. And so it's not the money and the creation of the money that's exhilarating to me anymore. It's still, I'm still grateful for it. I still love it. And so don't misunderstand me on that, but it's not my key driver anymore. That was the thing that was like just making me so high. <laughs> you know? Whereas now the energy of money feels quite different. It feels like contentment. It feels like a kind of quiet easefulness that feels very different than that kind of like fizzy, very effervescent, I guess that's the same word, but do you know what I mean? Like that high vibe, but like kind of energy. It's now just a very calm, energy and what I'm really going for and cultivating more and more is contentment. Not contentment, contentment sometimes people have a two different views of it. Con not contentment from settling, ew, no, not here for that. Contentment from that kind of just sense of inner peace, that peace of like just that certainty and knowing that the abundance is always there for me. I don't need or require a certain sum to be coming in or to be stockpiled somewhere to trust it. Um, which is different because I felt like before I was kind of chasing the levels a little bit there. I just have this just knowing that I am supported. And so it just removes all of that motivation to chase down a particular number. Does that make sense? And it's okay if it doesn't make sense because this wouldn't have made sense to me, you know, two years ago because <laughs> I was still excited by chasing down the numbers and it just felt very, very fun. Yeah, so it feels like I've had a few twists and turns. And then the other thing that I'm gonna share, I will share, I might do a whole podcast episode on this at some point, but I wanna share this as just, just to kind of be completely transparent and also just to say that throughout this journey so far, even though the theme since that point at which everything changed, everything turned on a dime, 
Since that point, when I literally switched out of lack and into abundance, my experience has predominantly been abundance. And I still have money mindset wobbles sometimes. And I'm human, right? So I wanted to share with you just one thing that actually happened really quite recently. Just to illustrate that point and to say that that's okay. And I can even be this many years into successfully understanding and wielding and using and leveraging the energy of money to create really wild experiences. Like I live my dream life right now and I'm in the process of creating the most, to me, epic next level dream life with ease. So like, (laughs) you know, I really have embodied this. I really am using this. And there is still space within all of this for a human experience of sometimes having a wobble, (laughs) right? Of sometimes having a wobble around things. And so just recently, and this might make you chuckle, so I recorded that podcast episode of Confession. I let my revenue dip. And one of the things I was celebrating is being in the place where I could let my revenue dip and not freak out. At the point of recording was true. And I think, I shit you not, I think it might have been the next day or within two days. Maybe it's because I said that. Maybe it triggered the fear in me. I don't know. I had, it wasn't quite 24 hours, but it was like, let's just say a day for ease. It was slightly less than a day of an experience of lack. And I hadn't fully experienced lack. I've had money wobbles or money mindset blocks come up, of course, that I've worked through, but I haven't experienced lack in years. And it was really interesting. I knew that I was creating it. I knew how I had created it. And I found it kind of simultaneously terrifying and fascinating. terrifying not I know over exaggerating that terrifying in the way of like it's like an ew 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 I don't like this feeling get it off of me kind of thing um because it's been so long but also fascinating because there was some level of me I felt like I was kind of like looking at it from different levels there's part of me that understands the energy of money that's like what the hell are you doing here why are you in this experience do something about this get out of it and then at a different level the fear level was like oh my god (laughs) you know this is it kind of thing And it felt really true to the fear in me. That was really interesting. And I actually feel weirdly grateful for that experience because it's been so long since I've actually energetically felt lack that I felt like I possibly needed to go there. I believe everything happens for a reason, right? So I possibly needed to go there to, it gave me some clarity on some cleanup that I needed to do with my energy, to be quite frank, obviously, because otherwise, how would I have created that less than 24 hour experience? So that was good. It was a bit of a kick in the pants, <laughs> a kick at the backside that I feel like I needed. It just gave me the internal pep talk that was required to pay a little bit more attention to my energy around money. So I just wanted to share that because that happened immediately after the recording the podcast episode. And then, of course, Fear was like, well, now you're a fraud because you just said this. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to come to the show and, and just out myself on this because I like to be transparent. I like to keep it real. But yeah, like I said, I wanted to share that because this is the human experience. We can be completely locked into the abundance energy and the experience of abundance and we can still find a money mindset block, they come up at every level. We can find an old belief that had been lurking there and previously unidentified and it suddenly gets triggered because we've just reached a different level. We can have a change of experience of how we feel about money, even within the scope of abundance over time, which is kind of what I was hoping to paint the picture of for you today. That's been my experience. 
and how it's shifted and changed and twisted and turned a little bit. And we can still sometimes, even after five years of living in total overflow of abundance, <laughs> have a 24-hour period where we feel like, well, all of the money is gone, clearly, <laughs> which obviously sounds silly. Me talking about it now, but there was part of me that was really wanting to believe it at the time. And then obviously part of me that, like I said, was like, ew, get it off me. And this is why I have my own coach, right? Because even though I could see that I was doing it, and even though part of me was like fascinated by it and kind of looking forward to dissecting it afterwards from what I could learn to then pass on to clients, I did need my coach to help me get out of it, right? That's one of the reasons why it was so short-lived. This is partly the awareness and partly having that support there. So I feel like I've just chewed your ear off about my journey around money. I hope it's been interesting. I hope there's been some things in there that maybe surprised you, maybe inspired you. And I think if I was going to hope that you take away one thing, it would be that I learned that I have a power over my energy and then I decided to use that power over my energy to experience the power that I have to create money and that's the point at which I became and understood that I am my own source of abundance not my business not a job not a partner not external circumstances me my energy and so I hope that in me sharing my story and and the journey with money that you take away that for yourself that you fully feel your power and the magic that is within you to create whatever abundance you want to create for whatever reasons feel good to you right now there's no wrong reasons there's just your reasons are they aligned are they coming from within you then yes they're allowed you get to have whatever it is that you desire we're going to be getting into some really great juicy topics on the energy of money I'm going to be sharing with you that provoking money homework that I made some of my clients do. And I'm going to really strongly suggest that you do it too. That's going to be coming up soon. So stay tuned and do not forget you are, of course, especially with regards to abundance, limitless. Bye for now. Have you been enjoying today's show, my love? Then help your business bestie out. Head over to iTunes now and leave a review. The team and I pour our best energy into bringing you this show each week, and so it would make us so happy to see your review. Plus, we're known to surprise and delight our reviewers, so if you take a screenshot of your review before you hit submit and send it to team at I can guarantee a little treat will be winging its way to you.